Hey, you're listening to the Time and Talks podcast. I'm your host, Dejal V. Patel, and this is the place where we have refreshingly real talks about the biggest problems moms face in motherhood and life and the spiritual solutions to solve them. If you're ready to reset your mindset with some major truth bombs, well then, let's dive in. And we are back. Season two is now live. I am so beyond stoked to be here. Guys, this summer I really spent some soul searching and some downtime to really knock your socks off with some truly incredibly new empowering content. There are some inspiring new Mommy Ayu podcasts. My goodness, you are going to hear the difference in the growth and maturity of Ayan. Seriously, I think next season he's not even going to need me on the podcast because he's just taken the reins and it's just such incredible new wisdom that we're sharing that you're going to be able to listen with your kids that I'm so excited for you to tune into. And I've also have some new empowering mindful guests that I'm so excited to introduce to you. So I'm deeply very much honored to have you here. I know that there are so many new listeners because there are a lot of people who've gone through a spiritual awakening during this pandemic period. Living in the sense of uncomfortability, having your ego completely flipped upside down, meaning the things that you felt safe with, the things that defined your identity and your purpose and your yourself, it's gotten all shook. It could be flipped completely upside down after this pandemic. And so many of us are going through a spiritual awakening or being woke. And if you're new here, there's a reason why that you were brought here or why maybe you found me on Instagram and you're like, let me check this out. Trust that calling. I don't believe in coincidences. I only believe in synchronicities that the universe is always having this beautiful tapestry of guiding you, whether you're aware of it or not, to people, to places, to books, to podcast to anything that brings you closer to unfolding into your highest self so when we talk about unfolding and awakening and being woke this is a lot about what we're going to be talking about this season because I think that is the nature wherever we are on that journey whether we're newly woke or we're seekers or we're on the path of now being um, living and embodying the heart-centered consciousness of living from our soul we are moving from our limited ego self to our higher self this space of heart-centered consciousness living from the characteristics of our soul so if you like to go deep well then you're in the right place because that's what I'm all about this is not a fluff podcast I always talk about things that are going to give you a different shift in your perspective There is this metaphysical text called The Course of Miracles and it says in there that miracles are simply a shift in perspective and that is exactly what you should expect every week. This is your weekly dose of miracles where I'm going to share powerful spiritual perspectives to the most common patterns, problems, and ego conditionings that we are trying to awaken out of. The things that keep you small, that keeps you from truly shining your light, from feeling your best self, from being totally basking in your self-worth and living from your higher self in your soul. So if you like to go deep, 
be prepared to walk away with nuggets. Many of you had notebooks because there's so many times that I just go deep and I like to be systematic in the way that I approach things. Um, sometimes it will be mindful parenting. Sometimes it's around just our own issues that we experience, whether it's emotional or just situational for motherhood. I have guests on that talk about um, things that relate to motherhood and life from authors to moms who are entrepreneurs or just real life moms who have gone through tough challenging circumstances and them sharing what helped them ride through those circumstances and those challenges and so it's going to be a whole slew of different uh, types of wisdom sometimes it's solo cast from me sometimes it's episodes that you listen with your kids so if you're new here that's what you can expect and if you're an avid listener and you're coming back for more well then you know what to expect and I'm certainly so very grateful for your support it means so so much to me and you are going to get so much out of these episodes so the first episode for this season is going to lay the foundation of what's going to trickle into this common web of what you're going to learn about when you hear my solo cast. So like I talked about, we are souls guided here for a reason. We're here to evolve. We have stories, we have patterns, we have deep emotional wounds that we've picked up from our childhood or adolescence that we are now as adults trying to break free from and if you're here you're consciously trying to heal or you're a seeker or you're someone like I said who's now done a lot of healing work and you're like okay so now I want to embody and live from this light and this perspective and how do I do that how do I make that next step and let me be very very clear I'm not an expert I am not your guru. We are all our own guru. So when you're guided here to listen to me, I I really share from my own personal learnings and teachings. And this is the work that I've been working through specifically um, for many years, but also during the pandemic specifically because a lot of this new wisdom has downloaded for me. I've I listen to other spiritual teachers and guides. You guys all know that I am a MatCon fanatic. I listened to a lot of Dr. Shafali Sabari during the pandemic because she did this viral wisdom uh, online free course um, on Instagram and Facebook. And so during different phases, there's different teachers and different learnings that I pick from. I'll always reference where I'm picking stuff up from, but a lot of times sometimes this is downloaded like when I make my notes of like what I'm going to talk about and bullet points it's really from my personal experiences what wisdom has helped me and then it's just free flow download while I'm in front of the microphone like this so this season is really dedicated to your healing and learning process of how to navigate this journey of spiritually awakening and we're going to start right at the beginning So let's dive in by pressing the reset button on being at war with your ego. So we hear a lot about the ego when you're in this spiritual realm. Okay, so I want to make sure that we're all on the same page because like I said, I feel like everyone, whether we know it or not, we're all on a spiritual journey, but we're in different grades. So there is no inferior or superior to, to this. This is just that we're at different grades, learning different lessons at different times with different experiences. We're just being given different pop quizzes. However, the content is the same and we're experiencing our pop quizzes at different times because we're in different grades. What we're talking about when we're talking about the ego, it's our limited self. So 
many of us think of ego being um, narcissist or being self-absorbed and certainly those could be characteristics of the ego but the ego is a much larger entity and when we think of ego we think of it like a separate from our soul and I love this because in one of Matt Kahn's talks he said that you know when someone passes away right and I've never been in the presence of someone who passes away but I've I envision this is that, you know, you're, you are, you're with someone and then there's this last breath and then there's the soul leaves the body, right? I've seen a dead body before and there's listlessness, like the, the, the light, the, the exuberance that made that person who they are. They're like an empty shell afterwards when their soul or their spirit and their energy has been released from their body. And so he said, he's like, when that soul gets released, it's not like this beautiful light and soul gets released and this ego comes oozing out like this disgusting, dark ego, like gunk from like the Ghostbusters, you know? And I like that visualization because many of us, like I think, I know I've definitely been there, is that you wage this war against the ego. It's like the limited self, the part of you that wants to be right, the part of you that's dualistic, the part of you that's stuck in your your false mask and your story of I'm not good enough or for some it's, you know, I'm superior than others. Everyone has a different ego structure and we'll talk about that but the idea is that there's this entity within us is that we don't like and we want to you know eradicate it we want to get rid of it so that we can then embody our soul and that's where we get it wrong this war on the ego is creates resistance it creates basically this battle that we are not going to win because the ego always needs to be right and when there's a need to destroy the ego that is actually what fuels the ego and so we've viewed the ego as negative let's reshift our perspective on this the ego is the most dormant part of our soul so it is part of the spiritual journey that we have in ego it is a requirement it's a necessity it's the most immature version of our soul so think about it this way for our lifeline as human beings, you have to be an infant, then a child, then an adolescence, then an adult in order you have to go from infancy to immaturity to eventually hopefully maturity, right? And so it's the same thing with the soul that in the infancy phase and when we're in the ego, this is all about acquiring the understanding of what our soul is here to transform. We are put into microcosms called families and the dynamics that we see, that we experience, the, the patterns, the way the parents treat us or treat others or the stories and the beliefs, those are the specific patterns on a collective whole that we, when we grow into maturity, hopeful spiritual maturity, we are going to evolve out of. We are going to break those cycles so they no longer pass genetically or even just societally to the next generation. And so it's basically a schooling system of being aware of what we need to break free from and what we need to heal within ourselves and those around us. And also generationally as well when we heal ourselves we heal generations of trauma that came before us and after us 
that's very important to recognize is that the ego creates the story of survival and we need an ego and we need a story to awaken out of. So many of us on a spiritual journey is like, oh, we have this epiphany, this moment, the spiritual awakening. And the awakening is just one part of the phase. It is just the beginning. That is not the end. And so that was a big aha for me because you think that, oh, I've become a seeker, right? You become a spiritual seeker. You're here to get more wisdom, more spiritual wisdom, more maybe you're inclined to more mysticism and, you know, crystals and tarot cards and meditation and yoga and all these wonderful things. You're opening yourselves up to energy of ourselves and nature and maybe Ayurveda, all these wonderful things. However, we have to remember that the ego is a necessary step and the awakening is only the first part of the journey. Just remember, awakening and being woke and recognizing there is a problem or recognizing that I'm so tired of the patterns and the conditioning and the fear and the trauma and the hurt and blaming and criticizing and judging. I'm so tired of that, that I want to step into a new way of living. That breakdown and that moment of hopelessness must happen, whether in the form of a, a complete rock bottom movement or something doesn't happen your way it could be a loss it could be uh like in the pandemic you know shifting like losing your job it's a loss the catalyst is a big change that is uncomfortable uh it's something that when life doesn't happen the way that you envision it it brings you to your knees if you ask anyone we have all experienced that and for many the pandemic was that that was the entry point for them to awaken or recognize oh my gosh the way that I was living or what I've been the emotions that I have not healed and the emotions that I'm not given time to you know I've been numbing and suppressing or avoiding or the pain that I've been inflicting on there there's you're you're recognizing and these are becoming heightened you are with yourself and you can't hide from yourself anymore when your child you could teach them about meditation and all these spiritual things like I teach Ayan when he's young but is that going to accelerate him into becoming an adult quicker No, it's not. These are just planting of seeds and they're going to bloom and they're going to be available to him. Hopefully they will come back to him when he needs them. It's not to force him into an accelerated maturity process. He still needs to go through the immaturity of being a adolescent, being a child, of having an ego structure. And what we as parents can do is not to not have that ego structure play out. That's part of the journey. We can't, as human beings and parents, change that. It's about just giving them the tools to recognize that when you reach your awakening process, there is going to be a time when life is not going to give you what it wants or it's going to look different than what you have in mind. And when you're on that that in that place, when you want to buckle under the pressure and when you feel like everything is lost and you're confused, our hope and our desire is that these are going to be some tools that they can call upon, some wisdom, affirmations, so they don't get completely buckled under the pressure and recognize, hey, my mom did talk to me about this, that things are going to not happen the way that I want, right? So they're not completely hit out of left field. Like life was always supposed to be happy. And I thought that it was all about always about manifesting and getting what you want. And no, it's not, right? So 
that's the first step of understanding the basics of the spiritual journey is the ego and being woke is just the first step and waking up out of your ego story is a necessity in order to then transition to a more heart-centered space so we have all experienced some sort of abandonment rejection fear trauma some sort of childhood issue and these are things that we personally go through so that we can understand in our specific nervous system or in our system how do we get triggered how does fear manifest itself how do we get to the point of the fight or flight and when we think about ego the ego is different for every individual and manifests differently and like i said it is the most dormant state of our soul and the the when we're from a heart-centered space that is the most fully embodied expression of source energy or spirit so between these two aspects of the ego the dormant state and this fully embodied state there is the unfolding of the spiritual journey per se and there is this pit stop that sometimes we get stuck in which is called the spiritual ego but season the second episode is going to be all about this so my next episode about spiritual ego we'll talk really in deep about that but I just wanted to quickly note that so what is the ego so the ego is this temporary personality or mass that we develop when we're in human form so when a soul is fully immersed in the human incarnation in the physical world the ego takes over it creates this survival mechanism we're rooted on our body works on autopilot we're reactionary and you see that, right? Where the survival instinct of our amygdala, the fight, fight, or flees, freeze, comes into play. So it has this command. It needs to be in control to feel safe. And the ego is not a mistake. And it doesn't need to be destroyed. It simply needs to be integrated back into the soul. And the integration process happens through emotional awareness. So emotions is the name of the game. So if self-worth and cultivating self-worth is the foundation, the emotions of learning how to ride through and understanding when you're feeling a certain type of stress or emotion, how it manifests in your body, how to ride through it, what experiencing, like feeling the overstimulation of your nervous system and understanding that. And that's where meditation and mindfulness and yoga and Ayurveda, when I teach all that, and especially in the Meditation for Kids book, like the yummy yucky exercise or the steer your ship, that's the foundation that we're teaching is building that awareness of learning how to heal and feel and process our emotion and understanding an awareness of how it feels in our body because that is a ultimate sign. It is a gift. It is a tool. And we need to learn how to have an owner's manual of our body which is constantly speaking to us and sending us messages we're not going to let go of the ego that's the really important thing it's not about conscious will like did i let go of the ego can i drop it can i let get rid of it the ego lets go of us it's when we focus on integrating into a heart-centered space and i'm going to talk more about that when you focus full-heartedly on that 
the ego dies. Like the ego cannot survive in silence. That's why meditation, it will tell your ego is the one who's convincing you that you can't sit still. You're not focused enough. You don't have time. It is going to bring up every single excuse in the book because it knows the moment that you get intimate with silence and stillness, it has to evaporate. And a lot of times people ask me, well, how does meditation really make you feel calm or peaceful? Like what's the purpose behind it? And so as you guys know, I am a student and teacher of Kundalini Yoga and meditation. And so from my personal experience, this is what I learned to be true. So when you do active meditations, you are using your body, holding your body, doing a breath that is creating a a experience within you that at some point it's going to fatigue you out. For example, there was a meditation that we did in our training where our hands were above our head for two hours, for example. But maybe like at the five minute mark or the 10 minute mark or even the two minute mark, your arms start aching. It feels like you're going to die. And your mind will then in that moment come out and the ego will roar. Put your hands down. You can't do this. Stop it. This hurts so much. You want to move. Oh, I need to go to the bathroom. So what meditation does if you're doing it the right way is is that it's coming, it is bringing you face to face with your ego and the way that it tries to keep you small. It's a, it's in an environment that is safe and you are creating it. It's not like when your ego gets triggered when someone cuts you off in traffic or your boss sends you a really biting email. What is teaching you is that when you're confronted with something that's uncomfortable, this is how your mind roars. This is the negative Nancy voice. This is your inner mean girl voice that comes out and this is what it says. So it's helping you get very intimate with that voice so that in those moments when your child's screaming at you or your boss is laying into you or someone flicks you off because you cut them off by mistake, you are not over your nervous system doesn't get overstimulated you know exactly what to expect because it's a pattern the voice is the same we think it's different or we think that it's gonna be different but the negativity and the pattern and what we say to ourselves that inner voice of how we beat ourselves up is exactly the same and we just need to get comfortable to sit with it rather than oh who you know blaming others and complaining and judging others rather than projecting it back out just being very comfortable and just listening to it because in meditation it's self-inflicted right nobody is make bringing pain to you you're holding your body in a certain way so you're understanding the the confines and the mechanisms of your mind and so when you master that and when you're aware of that that's where inner peace can happen because not because those situations don't happen or tough situations won't trigger you it's just that you're aware that this is how you're going to respond and you're when you're prepared for it then you can be like okay I'm going to anchor myself in light my two choices are anchoring myself in light or anchoring myself in peace and we'll talk a little bit more about these mindful responses of a heart-centered individual what meditation essentially what it does is to teach you how to feel safe in your body no matter what pressure no matter what is thrown from outside of you and whatever is happening on the outside and whatever we feel on the inside you can feel safe in your body without letting that fight flight or freeze reactionary mode take over from this automatic autopilot state
But each one of us is awakening out of a different ego. So for some of us, we have a superior ego. And these are those narcissistic individuals who puts their needs before others, where their confidence turns into arrogance. They constantly need to be right. Their existence is all about believing that winning and losing, this duality aspect of it, that if someone else is doing well, that means there's less for me. Believing in money, power, and status, fame is the purpose of existence. So they are really rooted in, I can think of someone off the top of my head right now who is the, the leader of our country, but they, their awakening when they get to a place of, of breakdown, of rock bottom, is that their ego is humbled, that they are not superior than others. So for them, it's like kind of like a spiritual 12-step process where they're repenting and, you know, saying sorry to the people that they've wronged or hurt unconsciously and with reckless disregard of only putting themselves first. It's about cultivating compassion and empathy for others. And so that is what that ego structure's awakening process looks like. There's a completely separate sector of egos called the inferior egos and these are individuals who feel they don't abuse their power to hurt others or to be better than others or to take advantage of others these are kind of like the light workers who sabotage themselves because they believe they're less than others they don't believe that they have the permission to shine their light who am i to shine my light there's a lot of self-doubt people pleasing seeking validation and approval from others playing small and so we're not the people who uh, abuse our power to and we worry that we abuse our power the misuse of our power comes because we don't use the power that we are given to the fullest capacity we don't allow ourselves to fully believe in ourselves so our for those of us who are in the inferior ego awaken awakening out of that is cultivating that self-worth that i'm good enough i'm worthy enough and that's why I believe so much of teaching children of that belief at a younger age so that it is part of their mindset. So there's a really great book that I recommend when we're talking about moving from ego to soul and it's Matt Kahn's book, Everything is Here to Help Me Out. And what I loved in that book, he said that there's three characteristics that are of the functioning ego state. And that is that you know you're in the ego state when you're at war and this acronym is when you're worrying when you're in a state of anticipation and when you're in a state of regret that is when the inner war happens and these are the qualities of the ego that roots us in staying small and stuck in stuck in fear so that's why I say emotions are our guides to navigate through our evolution process from our ego to our soul or our higher self because based on the emotions that you're feeling, whether you're in a state of worrying, that's future tripping, anticipation, oh my gosh, when I have this, I'll feel happy, this is when I'll feel safe, or regret, you're past tripping, oh, you can't forgive yourself, or you're beating someone else, or you're blaming someone, or you're criticizing and judging, or you're, you're, you know, you're deflecting. These are all characteristics and emotional signs that you are in the ego state. And so this is not to judge yourself. This is not to make yourself feel bad. It's just a recognition. It is a neutral recognition. This is where I'm at. So as I mentioned, the goal is to integrate the ego into our soul. So how do we do that? So the egos can't handle change and they can't handle not being in control and they cannot handle not getting what it wants. So that is the name of the game of the ego. Not wanting to change, 
not being in control and not getting what it's want. And that's why the catalyst of your biggest growth is going to be when you don't get what you want, when you lose all control and you're in a state of uncomfortability and when things change whether it's loss or death or just a reshuffling of the way that your life or your identity looks so initially when you go on a spiritual path the ego is going to be gung-ho about being more spiritual because you're still in a state of acquiring you're seeking you're wanting i want to know more i want to know more that is a quality of the ego so the ego still stays intact and need for control you're learning more you're learning more even though it's spiritual information the thing is that like oh i know this now that's a sign that the, you're in an ego state oh you know i'm better you know you there's a delineation that i'm superior to others because i'm more spiritual or more awakened or i'm on this path and i certainly have been there i am not going to lie in the early in the early phases i definitely did that with my husband and it was hard for me to be around other people because i want to constantly talk about spiritual stuff and i'd be like nobody in my like day-to-day like normal life like to talk about it and many of us on Instagram like we connect because we have some communities to do this and what I learned is that with the people in our life who may not necessarily be at our grade or where we are in our evolution you don't talk to them about these types of things that's what you do you have these conversations with like people like me or people like who totally get it And you fill yourself up and then with everybody else in your life, you're just anchoring light and you're anchoring peace. You are not preaching. You are not teaching. You're not trying to be like, oh, you should listen to this podcast or you really need this. None of that. You're just allowing them the space to unfold in their consciousness the way that they're at. It is not your job to fix them or preach at them or teach them or anything unless they ask you for your conscious unsolicited advice um solicited advice I shouldn't say that if it's unsolicited advice do not go there but if they ask you specifically hey do you have any uh ideas or can can you help me with this that's completely different because you're giving you're getting permission for them and also also remember this especially when you're on a spiritual path the unraveling of the ego does not happen on the ego's timeline and when it prefers and how it prefers it is spontaneous it is spontaneous unexpected change or loss that signifies a readiness for spiritual expansion because the nature of human beings we are not going to change grow and evolve unless we're forced to do it we like to stay comfortable wherever we're at even though if it's not for our highest good we'd rather be where we know it's safe or we know it's familiar than to push ourselves out of our comfort zone so it is in these moments of unfair unwarranted unexpected circumstances of lost change and evolution that's going to help us evolve and that is going to help us define our self-worth. It is going to help us feel safe within ourselves no matter what's happening outside of us. It is going to help us reconnect to our inner power and feel rooted in that power. And so the foundation of when you're starting to awaken is rooting into the power of self-worth. That is the ultimate foundation of what's going to help ride you through the next step is believing in yourself I I am chosen for this path. I believe in myself. I'm worthy. I am a light. I have a mission. I have a purpose. I am being guided. I am a miracle. Uh, You know, everything is happening for me. All these things about really having the perspective of who you are. I am a 
spiritual soul. I am a powerful soul. And that's why I'm all about teaching kids self-worth affirmations at a young age because these affirmations then become rooted in their subconscious of what they say to themselves and who they believe they are. And I actually, because so many of you guys have been asking for it, I created these affirmation cards that I always give out as gifts when uh, a mom would sign up for my course. And I created actually a supplement affirmations, the the six most powerful affirmations um, that are actually rooted from the Meditation for Kids book. So many of you guys ask, you know, what should we start with without it being overwhelming? And so on my website, if you go to shop, I actually created the six most powerful affirmations and you can start these affirmations with your kids when they are two and they can start repeating them back like I love myself I believe in myself I'm a peaceful soul um you know peace begins with me you know these are just powerful affirmations that you want to have them in their subconscious you can go to my website at thejulvpatel.com go to the shop and you can buy them and that's why I truly believe like if we we can't change the course of our children's path but we can change the language that we implant into their mind so self-worth is then the the crux of where we need to focus our attention so the evolution towards our soul occurs at the rate that we become more heart-centered that we speak that we live that we embody change it's not about having all that wisdom stuck in our head that's the spiritual ego realm i know this i acquire so much more information being on that spiritual seeker you're kind of in that spiritual ego realm when you're consider yourself a seeker and i was definitely there my First blog before I turned into a business was called Asthitva Seekers, which means like truth seeker. So yes, when you're a seeker, it is an important phase, but you want to be in that spiritual ego phase for the most limited time. And that is the most unruly, you know, phase and the trickiest ego there can be in. And like I said, I'm going to do a whole podcast episode on that because there's a lot to consider for that. So when, what is, so what is the soul? The soul is the conscious action of living in a courageous place that's rooted in our heart to be more receptive instead of responsive and less critical, less reactive. It's about making peace with every single emotion, right? It's, I know I struggled with this is that on the spiritual path, you start to think that negative feelings, negative emotions, negative thoughts, you block it away. Oh, love, light, and kumbaya, be positive. You know, these blanket statements and you're like, oh, I can never show anger because that shows that I'm not spiritual. Or if you're around someone that triggers you for longer, like in my in my house, it's like my mom, like I do all the spiritual work and then I'm with my family and then I get triggered and I'm like, oh, get beat myself up. Like if I was more spiritual, then I would be able to hang out with them longer and I would not get triggered. And these are all part of the human experience. And so that just meant that I was not integrated in the soul. And you might recognize or have those experiences too. So when we transcend into our soul, right, you move from spiritual seeker into somebody who embodies the wisdom of your soul. You walk the walk and talk the talk. And it's actually less talk the talk. It's just that you're walking the walk. You're modeling it. You're living from that truth. And you actually speak much less. I realize that. You, have, you don't have a need to be right. You, have, you don't have a need to correct people. And when you recognize someone in their ego state, you're consciously aware, do I, is it in the highest good of all to really engage or to just anchor peace? And so the qualities of the soul is being respectful about anything else. 
being more res- being respectful over being right, acknowledging the feelings of others and welcoming all situations. So it means that whatever shows up in life, everything is here to help me. The best case scenario is always playing out. You might not understand it. You might not recognize it or like it, but at the end, it's all every single situation. Even when you don't get what you want, it's because it's helping you grow into who you're meant to be. It's teaching you something about, especially when you don't get what you want, that is a catalyst and a sign that you're spiritually growing and evolving, that you can be happy and joyful without life looking the way that your ego or you, you want it to look. So as I mentioned, the start of this journey of embodying your soul's wisdom is all about self-worth, loving your emotions and understanding and being very intimate with your emotions. So you make peace with your past and you learn to forgive yourself it's almost like looking within and when you're learning to to embody these traits and building the best relationship with yourself that then starts trickling out to other other people and other relationships so at any given moment your truth is either to anchor light or anchor peace And anchoring light is sharing and inspiring from the highest good of all. And if you can't add anything that will add non-judgment, so if you can't add anything positive, then you stay rooted in your truth, you love and, and you send love and light, but you stay silent. So... You, even though you can't add anything to a conversation, you're not going to take anything away. You're not going to be a distraction to anyone. You're not going to try to prove a point to anyone. You're not going to have spiritual talks and try to talk to people and say that you're doing this wrong. You're just going to listen and hold space. And if the conversation doesn't resonate with you, you're going to calmly find yourself out and not engage. So you're always rooted and anchored in the light. You don't take criticism personally you don't take compliments personally you're at this place where you have really built up your self-worth you say to yourself the things that you need to hear you don't seek approval validation from anyone outside of you you give yourself everything that you need you are your anchor anchoring light and when you're shining from that place others can see your light and then recognize that and reflection of light within them that is what your goal is you're not here to preach and teach and show people what their light is you're here to show your light shine it on others so they recognize the light within them the other aspect is anchoring peace and one of the affirmations that i use in the meditation for kids book and that i use in my daily life is peace begins with me peace begins with a smile and as you know everything that we share if we can't say anything from a uh, neutral space sometimes the only thing that we can give someone is a smile and that smile is such a powerful vibration of goodwill and I try to practice that when I'm like in a power struggle with Ayan that just smile there's a power that gets transmitted there's blessing that gets transmitted through smiling. It is a subconscious ethical agreement where you're replacing judgment with openness, right? So the direct eye contact and a smile is really a celebration of just innocent hearts touching each other. 
right? You know, it's a language of the cosmos or spirit, I feel like, right? Like I exist, I matter, I can smile and I can shift someone's vibration, right? So it really is a gift of emotional generosity to smile. It is your confirmation of alignment with source and your higher self and your soul that you are settled in your highest truth. When you smile, you, no matter what's happening, you can give light, you can give peace, you can be of that vibration. So think of your smile as a spiritual ceasefire, like a legendary moment, a profound surrender, right? So no longer needing to hold on to anything or taking things personally. You can just simply be, just let your light shine through your smile. And when we smile, it reminds the other to awaken the light within them, right? And so it awakens our heart-centered consciousness as well as spreading that to others. So it is one of the greatest, most divine heart-centered acts that is rooted from our soul. So how do you know when you are operating from the soul versus the ego's perspective? It all comes down to how kind you are to yourself and others. Can you be polite to others regardless of how they treat you and not have an expectation that they need to treat you better or they need to treat you kindly first in order for you to reciprocate? So not have your response be indicative and be a direct response of how they treat you. That you wake up every single day and you can affirm, I am the most respectful, kindest person because being polite feels good to me and I have no choice. That is of my essence. So when we come from the state that I will be the most polite, kind, respectful being, regardless of how others treat me, that is when you're starting to operate from your soul. When that becomes your natural, most uh, default setting. It's the declaration you make in the morning that may I be a divine instrument of peace. Use me as a vessel to bring more joy to those that I meet today. What would you have me say? What would you have me do? And just be rooted in politeness and respectfulness and kindness. Just allow and welcome what's happening without any other agenda. Like, oh, well, this moment is inevitable and it can't be other than what it is. So I'm just going to show up. It builds more flow. You're more rooted rather than resisting to what's happening and fighting it. You're just getting more aligned with flow. Okay, what do I need to know? What do I need to take? What aspired action do I need to take? So at the end of the day, right, when it comes down to it, it's of what kind of human being that you are. You could have all the spiritual wisdom. You can know everything about crystals. You can know everything about the, the sun, the moon, astrology. But it all really boils down to what kind of human being that you are. Are you bringing your spiritual self to this human experience? Your most polite, your most kind, your most compassionate, your most respectful self. That's where it boils down to. And like I said, the evolution is that when you're rooted into that soulful characteristics day in, day out, more often than not, that's when the ego starts to dissolve. So that is the awakening from the breakdown and the the difficult moment of I'm tired of this. I no longer want my story of victimhood or being less than to dictate my life. And then awakening and healing yourself from those experiences, whether it's getting the right help from therapists or meditation or journaling or, you know, going through that process. But then essentially it's really comes down to Unrooting yourself from the ego is just becoming from a more soul-centered place. And I wish 
I knew this when I was going on my journey because I heard um, from Dr. Safali, and I can't remember who came up with this, but they said there's a life cycle when you're grieving and it's called DABDA. And it's like you go through denial and anger and bargaining and then depression and then acceptance. And for many who are spiritually aware or, you know, like monks or like the Dalai Lama, they will go from the act of something happening to acceptance. Like they bypass all those other emotional roller coaster phases and they get to that space of acceptance. And I think it's rooted in the wisdom of understanding that I'm enough that everything is happening for my highest good, that I was chosen for this journey and this path, that everything is here to help me. Everything, you know, can the greatest challenges that I have be my catalyst for greatest growth? It's this shift in perspective that happens that, okay, you talk about it, but you don't dwell in it. You don't you don't get stuck in it. You journal about it. You may talk to one person or two people that you truly have who have a spiritual experience or wisdom, and then you're guided to the things that are gonna help you ride through the situation by having a different perspective shift, of releasing the emotions and moving through the situation. So there you have it, guys. This really highlights the first phase of the spiritual journey, and we're gonna talk about that kind of middle point, like what I said, that spiritual ego in next week's podcast. If you love this episode, please share it on Instagram, write a review if you haven't done so already, and thank you so much for tuning in. It was a really long one, but certainly a good one. If you took notes, good for you because this is something that you can always come back to. Sending you love and light until next week. Bye, guys. If you've been loving the Time and Talks podcast and you find value from it, I would be so eternally grateful if you take a moment of your time to leave a rating and review over at Apple Podcasts. And when you do, I love to gift you my seven-day stress detox course. All you gotta do is screenshot your review before you submit it. Email it to me at thejal at thejalvpatel.com. And when you do, I'll inbox you the details of the course. This course has my go-to tools anytime I feel impatient, angry, fresh, and I come to them almost every single day. And I promise these are the tools that you're going to want to have in your back pocket too. And if you haven't purchased the Meditation for Kids book, definitely do so now. You can purchase it anywhere you buy books. Amazon, Barnes & Noble's Target, IndieBound, BAM. And you can go to meditationforkidsbook.com to get more information on the Meditation for Kids Masterclass course. If you're a complete beginner in learning how to teach meditation to your kids, this is the step-by-step roadmap that's going to teach you how to teach your kids meditation without having to become a certified meditation expert. Thank you so much, guys. Bye.